Amen. Praise God. Amen. It's so lovely to uh, be able to speak this morning. I, you know, you don't realise how privileged it is to uh, bring the word of God to this church. Well, anywhere, but especially this church. Uh, just about the rain, you know, we've been away. We were in a, a Filipino conference uh, the last couple of days in Matlock, beautiful part of the world. So when I got home late last night, um, a lot of the plants, you know, when you've been away a week, you water your plants before you go. But when you get back, a lot of them have just, you know, and, and uh, there's a peace lily that needs a lot of water. And if you don't give it water, it shows it. <laughs> it's very visual, but it's not been watered. You know, God was saying that this morning, wasn't he? We need the rain. We don't just need the rain once a year. We need constant rain. What Shirley said, we need to get time with God. Just let him refresh you. Just let him pour himself on you so you'll thrive. Amen. 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 Praise God. Now, I was going to do this for a wedding. Uh, in the Filipino church, we'd all had breakfast and everyone was bit of half the night. And so the lady who was leading the service got everyone to stand up and jump. <laughs> I don't know whether they need to. Are we all awake? Yeah. Yeah. Do we need to jump? James said, last week he did an introduction to the Beatitudes. If you don't know what they are, they were part of the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus, we've saw the little clip there, blessed are you, blessed are you. Last week he did, actually, what did, what verse did he cover last week? Blessed are, I know he said it. Poor in spirit for... This is the kingdom of heaven. And, and what, what really touched me was that apparently Billy Graham put, changed it slightly to make it more understandable. Blessed are the humble in spirit. I know he's, he's mentioned it this morning, but I have really thought about that, you know. And the theme is counterculture. In other words, how we are stand up in this world and be different. And to be humble in spirit is not, it's not popular, is it? It's not, in this world now, you know, humility is not popular. It's, it's, we seem to be in a generation that is all about sort of wow and great and all wonderful and da da da. Um, anyway, let me move on. My verse this week is this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Praise God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Praise God. And Dave and I were having a conversation about this. And we were talking about hunger and thirst. And I said to him, what do you hunger and thirst after? And then I felt the Lord say to me, well, what do you hunger and thirst after? I want to ask you that question this morning before we start. What do you hunger and thirst after? Especially in your spiritual life or in general. What do you hunger and thirst after? What, what, what you desire is, what you really want, what you want God to do. Hunger and thirst. 
I was going to say, turn to the person next to you, but I won't. Because I do that and some people don't like it. But, let, but think about it. What, what do, ask yourself seriously. What do I really want? You know, hunger and thirst are not just sort of casual wants. The deep emotions, hungry and thirsty. What do you really want God to do? I ask myself, and I, I reckon that I wanted more faith to really believe God what he was saying. I wanted to hear his voice more, and I wanted to know how to fight the enemy better. They were my three things. What do you want? What do you need? What do you know you need? Do you know, let's just pray. Lord, I just thank you for your word. Thank you your word is living. Thank you that you always want to speak to us. Thank you that you've always got something to say to us. Lord, open our hearts and minds this morning that we would hear from you. Lord, that you put desires in our heart, that you challenge us. Lord, that you move us on. Lord, that we would grow today. May we be hearers, not just hearers, but doers of your word. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Now when we look out into the world, we see hunger of all kinds and where they all lead. You don't have to look far. Talk about worldly stuff now out in the world. President Putin in Russia seems to be hungry and thirsty for power. He, he rules over so much, a huge landmass Putin's got, but he seems to want more. He wants more. He wants more power. He wants... He wants Power and influence, possibly the whole world he wants. Perhaps that's his aim. He's hungry for it. He won't, he won't be let. So many people are really hungry for fame, film and pop stars, celebrities. They think it's what they really want. Some people just want to be famous. They want to be up the front. They want to be performing. They want to be known. They want to be recognised. They're desperate for it until they get it. And then a lot of them try and run away from it. Some even end up taking their own lives. And yet they've convinced that's what they really need. People can be hungry for popularity, saying, look at me. I'm so important. You know, popular at school. You look at people popular in their work and you think, oh, I'd love to be popular. I'd love to be the one everyone looks at and follows. And, you know, uh, they even say, follow me. You've got these, this modern thing now with their influencers. I've heard of influencers. I haven't really, but they're famous influencers on social media. And they're saying, I'm the answer. Do what I say, follow me. You know, I, you know that's what they want. They want thousands of followers. Money. Some people's desires can never be satisfied. Even the mega rich seem to want more. They can't spend it all. You can't, when you get to a certain amount, you can't spend it all. It just keeps coming and coming in interest. Some people do good things with it, but a lot of people don't do good things with their money. If everyone did good things with their money, we wouldn't have the world situation as it is now. They just want more, an insatiable appetite, never fulfilled. More things, more cars, 
more planes, more boats, more houses, more influence. People are looking for fulfillment and to satisfy their hunger and thirst, but they're looking at the wrong things. People are looking for something. There's an empty space, often misdirected, looking to fulfill a need. For example, pursuing sex when they really need love. Addictions to block stuff out. Other issues, even the need for the latest technology or gadgets. When I, you know, my mum, my dear old mum, even when I lived at home, or even later, she didn't have a washing machine, she used to wash everything in the bath. And when I think of now, the gadgets you can get, you can get, you know, you've got to have the latest coffee machine. Oh no, the latest thing to, to mill the beans first, and then the coffee, and then the thing, then the dirt. Hundreds of gadgets. The Bible says this, Godliness with contentment is a great game. The Bible says you can gain the whole world but lose your own soul. Always driven, no peace. So I ask again, what are you hungry for? Even Christians can fill up on the wrong things and lose their appetite. Didn't your mum always tell you, don't eat sweets because it will spoil your appetite, you won't want your tea. Wasn't she right? And yet you put it in the spiritual realm. Christians, have you lost your appetite? You're filling up with the wrong things and then you wonder why you're not hungry for spiritual things. Lord, I want to be hungry for the right things. Your righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. I want to be hungry for the right things to live right and bring honour to your name, Lord. Do you remember COVID? Of course. But didn't it make us hungry for the things that matter? Things we missed. Hungry for fellowship. People couldn't wait to get back to church because they'd missed Fellowship, working together, worshipping together, hearing live preaching, sharing love in person, seeing people's faces. It was like a hunger, wasn't it? I just want to get back to church. Jesus said, blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Now what is righteousness? What is righteousness? Is it important? Well, I read... It, it depends on the version, of course, but I, I read it's mentioned 558 times in the Bible. That's a lot. Abraham believed God and it was counted for righteousness. Now that was in a covenant context. Do a study on righteousness. It, it's, it's all the way through the Bible. It's there all the time. But in this context, Jesus is talking about right living. He contrasts the inferior righteousness of the Pharisees to the righteousness of the kingdom he is proclaiming. Jesus referred to the Pharisees as those who appeared great from the outside, 
But inside, there was something different. He said, oh, you're like a, you're like a, a cup that's not washed. You know? You're like a whitewashed wall. You're like a sepulchre. Well, a sepulchre is a, is a grave. So what he was saying is, you know, you, you look great on the outside, you're actually dead inside. You see, the Pharisees were judgmental show-offs who loved public affirmation. And he kept saying throughout the Sermon on the Mount, I don't want you to be like a Pharisee. How different Jesus was. He lived his words. He personified the gospel he was proclaiming, saying, follow me, me, follow me. I'm, I'm who you should follow. I'm what you should look like out in the world. And it's still the same today, if not a thousand times more. If you want to know how to live in the world, look at Jesus. Look how he lived. Look what he said. I mean, the Sermon on the Mount's amazing. Look at the things he said. You know, James talks about counterculture. He was out there as far as counterculture, not just in, in his Jewish culture. He said things totally different. He said things that, that weren't just the law, but went beyond the law. If this present generation, if you want to live to G, for Jesus, if you want to live a righteous life, you're going to stand out. Has anyone seen the, the, the series The Chosen? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we love The Chosen, Dave and I. I'd, I'd like to, I can't, well, we don't binge watch stuff, but you know, I, I'll, we can't binge watch. Dave gets too emotional. We can't watch more than one, one episode because he says, I can't take it. It's too <laughs> It touches him so much. But if you look at the introduction to The Chosen, the music at the beginning, it's about if you let you know like a little load of fish swimming along yeah. and there's one fish swimming this way. That always touches me when I, it's only the, the entrance, it's not even the, the acting, it's just the music and someone's in, you know, not invented it, but you, you know, they've what do they do? Imagine imagined it or they you know, it was their job to do the music and I think every time I see that. There's the lone fish swimming against the tide. If you want to follow Jesus, you're going to stand out. You're going to swim against the tide. You won't be able to help it. Unless you're a Christian who doesn't follow Jesus. And then it's easy. But if you're going to live for Christ, you are going to swim against the tide. You're going to stand out more and more in this generation. Are you prepared to stand out? I think we've got to ask ourselves these questions. You know, Jesus says, take up your cross, follow me. Are you prepared to stand out? Because you will. It says, doesn't it, that God in Christ will suffer persecution? A bit in this country, a lot in other countries. But whatever it is, those people who stand for Jesus will stand out. Let me tell you a few facts. Years ago, there were certain companies set up by Quaker families, Quaker Oats, the Cadbury factory, I think Mr. Roundtree and all that. These were Quakers. These were people, in, people, other people rather, the businessmen in that generation, I believe, were using false weights and measures. They were diddling people. They weren't honest. And no one, no one really knew. 
But Quakers were people who became known because their word was their bond. And a handshake was as good as a written agreement. I don't really know, I should have looked at the dates when, the, when this was, when Cadbury's began. But um, they were famous for it. They were famous, even now, that a handshake, their word was their bond. They could be trusted because they were righteous people. They were righteous, godly people. And they remembered for that. They treated their workers well. They were different employers because they were righteous. How much more now? Surveys have shown when you, the people have been asked on the street that lying is not thought to be that wrong. Don't see it as a problem. Yeah, you can lie. You know, these white lies, I don't know what white lies are. It's not in the Bible, is it? <laughs> but lying, you know, you ask the person on the street, or, you know, it depends what it is, you know, it's not, you know. Yeah, you can lie, it depends if it doesn't harm anyone, you know. You can lie. Most people do it without conscience, they simply think it's okay. A radio programme I heard only last week talked about people wearing garments they bought with the price tag left on, and they wear them a couple of times, and they send them back the next day because they get their money back, they've actually worn them. You know, that's against the law. This programme was saying it's against the law. We couldn't do it. Laws are there to be broken or get away with. Unfaithfulness in marriage is not really thought to be that serious. Depends. Circumstances. <coughs> Stealing from work. Taking stuff home. Dishonesty. We've got to get away with this society. What we can get away with is all right. The darkness is getting darker. So the light's got to shine. Even when I worked in an office in the 70s and 80s, I was told, keep your head down. You know, keep your head down. Don't own up. You know, I was always owning up because I was new to the job. And if the boss came in and I'd made a mess, I'd own up. They said, don't own up. Just keep your head down. Uh, but the expenses, just, just put back. Just put back. You know, don't be telling the truth all the time. Expose us all, you know, just keep your head down. And they were lovely people, but, you know, I was trying to be a Christian. Let's look at other scriptures. Psalm 23 says, He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his own name's sake. Oh, I love this verse, I've always loved it. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his own name's sake. Righteousness brings honour to his name. Unrighteousness brings dishonour. We're not just in the world for ourselves. We bear the name of Jesus. Do you know that? As soon as you say you're a Christian, it matters how you live. It matters what people see. It matters, your behaviour matters, the way you speak matters, the way you conduct yourself matters, the way you love people. 
people matter, the way you forgive, the way you're honest, your integrity, it matters because you're bearing the name of Jesus. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You can't live the way you want and call yourself a Christian. It's best not to acknowledge it than bring dishonor to the name of Jesus. Let your light so shine before men, the Bible says, so they can see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, we don't just do good works so we can look great. Perhaps we do. But really, we do it so our Father's glorified. Counterculture. It's getting more challenging to be a Christian in these last days. We're swimming against the tide. We're lighting the darkness to speak out for honesty, integrity, and godliness. Is that you? Can I challenge you this morning? Do people know you're a Christian? Not because you open your mouth, because of the way you live. Do people know you're a Christian because you're righteous? Do they know you're a Christian? And I'm not saying that everyone who isn't a Christian isn't a good person. Please don't, uh, don't take it the wrong way. But as Christians, we need to be people of honesty, integrity, and righteousness. Jesus says, blessed are you of hunger. You, you hunger for it, Lord. I want to live. So I honour and glorify you wherever I go. Is that your heart? Listen to this, another verse. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. When the Holy Spirit touches your life, you can't be the same. I've got a story here, and I probably don't remember it the, the proper way, but there was a friend of a friend who... God touched her life. And she said to her other friend, she said, Look, really, I really, God's really touched me, spoken to me. I'm, I'm just, I'm a different person. Will you come with me tomorrow? I've got to go to the library. So the friend said, All right. Didn't quite understand. But anyway, they met together, and the, the friend who'd become a Christian had two large suitcases. So, um, the other friend didn't say a lot. They went to the library. And the friend opened the suitcases and she said to the librarian, I'm bringing back two suitcases full of books of stone over the years. And here they are. And uh, because when it's a scripture, I've just said, when the Holy Spirit comes, it'll convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. When Jesus touches your life, where there's repentance, there's conviction. There's conviction the way you live. There's conviction about the things you did. And if you can, you'll put them right. This woman wanted to take all those books out of her library because she knew it was wrong. She didn't know it was wrong before, but when God touched her life, she was convicted and righteousness became important. How about you? Do you need to put stuff right? 
I'm not saying you need to take stuff back to the shop. Perhaps you do. Perhaps you do. Perhaps you stole something. And I tell you what, if you put things right, God's blessing will come upon you. When you do your best with things, you can't. Put things right. Put them right with people. Put them right with even things in the past. Put them right. Say, I owed you that. I remember, actually, I've got a good story. I remember when we were first married, we bought a car off, off a friend of our son. Now, the, the friend was a Christian, the son wasn't. <laughs> and you could tell because the car was terrible. And, and we bought it just before we got married, and we set off on the motorway. It broke down. It broke down on, on our honeymoon. And, uh, and uh, anyway, it was a terrible car. I was on the following, but it was, it was a terrible car. And uh, years later, uh, this lady, the Christian, came up to us, and it, there is a longer story in this where God will have provided for us, but I'll just tell you this bit. She came up to us years later, and she just put some money into our hand. I said, what's this? I don't think she owed us any money, or she didn't know. She said, you know what, God spoke to me, that car, and he said, I knew it was bad, and I let me son sell me that car. And uh, she said, God's been speaking to me about it, and now I've seen it. I mean, it, was, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't about the money, but she wanted to put it right. And sometimes, even years later, I just feel in my spirit and some people here need to put things right years. It happened years ago. If, you, if the person's alive, put it right. Put it right if you can. Give stuff back. Apologise. Put things right. God bless you. He blesses righteousness. Jesus himself said again, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. There it is again. Jesus said it again in another way. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things. God knows what these other things are, but they'll be added into you. Bible says in Timothy, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Praise God. Another verse, therefore, put on every piece of God's armour so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armour of God's righteousness. There it is. There it is. Is it important? Yes, it is. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Praise God. They shall be filled. Promise. They shall be filled, Jesus said. God is for us, not against us. What's your hunger like? I hope speaking this stirred up that desire to be hungry for God and his ways. 
He says again in John's Gospel, Jesus stands up at the last day of the feast and he says this, anyone who's thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me will come and drink. For the scriptures say, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. I don't know what version I've got there, but the King James says, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. If you're thirsty, come to me, Jesus said. And out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. This he spake of the Spirit, who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus had not entered into his glory. He was saying, look, if you're thirsty, come to me. That's really what I'm saying. We've got to come to Jesus. He says... He said, living water was speaking of the Holy Spirit. If you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, it's very hard to live a Christian life if you're just religious. You need to have a living faith when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm nearly finished now. But Jesus talked about the Pharisees, and I just want to mention this. We're not called to be religious. He says in, I don't know where, I think it's still Matthew 5, but I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. He called Pharisees whitewashed sepulchres, graves, whitewashed graves, graves have got dead people and are you dead? Are you dead? <laughs> to ask. Perhaps there's people who think, do you know what, I'm actually dead inside. Jesus said, come to me, I'll put living water inside of you. He says he could take people out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Is that you? Is there anyone here who needs to be taken from darkness into the kingdom of light? Follow Jesus, our marvelous, our wonderful, our precious example of how to live. The fallen, the just look at me person who can say that with the most purest thing. Look at me and follow me. Isn't he wonderful? He swam against the tide, even with his own people. The kingdom of God is different, a different way to the Jewish law. He swam against the tide even then, like we must. He said, you say an eye for an eye, but I say love your enemies. The kingdom of God is not about meat and drink, but righteousness, not about meat and drink. In other words, not about all the laws you've got to do with the, the food you can eat, the food you know. Kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. He said, Peter said to him, quite proudly really, well Lord, okay, do you want us to forgive seven times then? You know, aren't I good? And Jesus said, you know what, forget that. Seventy times seven. Seventy times seven. In other words, you just got to constantly forgive. Praise God. Do you want to follow Jesus? Do you want to be like him? Do you want to be righteous? 
Blessed is he who hungers and thirsts after righteousness, for they will be filled. Praise God, what a wonderful You're hungry? You're thirsty? Do you want more of God? I do. I need more of God. We fall short. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we come to you this morning as if we're empty once again. Oh Lord, we pray, would you fill us with your righteousness? Would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? Lord, would you fill us with, so we can be an example of you in this world, that we would honour you with our lives, that we would bring glory and honour for your name, Lord. Lord, help us to be a light in this dark world. Lord, forgive us if we've complied all the time, if we've just kept our head down, if we've just been one of the crowd, because it's easy. If we've just gone along with everyone, because it's easy. If we just not wanted to upset the apple cart, if we wanted to just not rock the boat. Oh Lord, may we stand up for you. Stand up for the right. Stand up for the truth. Stand up for honesty and integrity. Lord, help us to share our faith, not just in word, but in deed. Lord, that we would make a difference, that we would bring glory to your name, wherever you put us, Lord, whether it's in school, whether a university, in a job, in our neighbourhood, in our family. Lord, we pray we would honour you by the way we live. Lord, we hunger and thirst after you, Lord. We want to be righteous in an unrighteous nation. And we pray for our nation, Lord. Your word says righteousness exalts a nation. So, Lord, would you, would you do something in our nation and, and address the corruption that we seem to see daily? as people forget God, people in high places, people who have influence, people who make decisions in this country, who have just left you out. Lord, we pray, will you put righteousness back in our nation, Lord? Will you put people back in power who have integrity and honesty and righteousness and stand up for you? Lord, thank you, your word says that we will be filled, Lord, we want to be filled with you. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you visit us? Thank you for this morning, Lord, may it rain, let it rain, let it rain. Bring revival, we said it all this morning. Lord, would you visit us again? Lord, sometimes we, we can sin, we're desperate for you. Desperate for you to change us. Desperate, Lord. Visit us again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for yourself. Thank you, Lord. 
he went frightened to just talk about the kingdom. The kingdom's come. Your kingdom has come and you're the king and you've got different rules. You've got different rules. You've got different way of living. You're different. Lord, and we've got to be different in this world. We really want to serve you. We ask you for your help. We love you, Lord. We worship you. We honor you, Lord. We lift up your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just turn to someone next to you and say, you're going to live for God this week. Absolutely not. So, what was the appropriate? Let's break it down.